This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good. Decompressed and now I'm, I feel a lot better. I'm good. I needed it. (laughs) No, we always have to start by like talking, talking about our things that are going on. Like women like to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We can sit here and talk for probably a week straight and not skip a beat. Right. And like we haven't seen each other in seven years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked at all during the week. <laughs> right. Yep. But it's necessary. It is. So we were just kind of talking about Milwaukee and how it's its own breed. Yeah. So I have a story out of Milwaukee. My sister-in-law had mentioned this the other day. So I looked it up because it was interesting. So the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office is investigating because a county employee was suspected in a scheme to take kickbacks in exchange for wiping out the debts of people who owe thousands in child support. So the woman has not been identified in the article that I'm looking at on WISN.com. They haven't filed any criminal charges as of the date of this article, which was the end of 2021. I don't know if she's been charged yet. I haven't seen anything. But it said she was paid $50 via Cash App for each child support (laughs) lien. (laughs) Oh my god. She was cleared as satisfied. So if people don't know, when you owe child support and it gets to a certain extent or a certain amount of time that you haven't paid, they put a lien on your vehicles, your tax returns, sometimes your license, your fishing license, different oh, things. Oh, wow. I did not, I didn't know about that, the fishing. Yeah, you can't get a fishing license if you owe child support. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's such a Wisconsin Sir, you cannot fish, okay? You owe you that need, baby money. It <laughs> needs to be at work. Right. Not out fishing. Oh, my God. Pay That's your, hilarious. Pay your damn child support. I've never heard of that before. That just yeah. made my day. <laughs> I'm full of random facts. Yeah. I love it. So, when the employee was confronted with the records, she estimated she made $8,000 under the table between January of 2020 and September of 2021. That's a lot of child support liens when you're only making $50 at a time. Also, why was she only charging $50? You're going to risk your whole livelihood and criminal charges for $50? For $50. Wow, yeah. These criminals need to raise their fees. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, we're not here to tell you what to do. (laughs) You need to charge more. (laughs) Yeah, so in some instances, they said she even accessed records from other counties. Ooh, damn. Do people not know everything you do on a computer is traceable? Ooh. 
this information just doesn't disappear. Right. It's, there's records. Yes. There's always a digital footprint. So yeah. be mindful of what you do. And some the largest amounts of debt noted in the warrant <coughs> were 7,693, 8,552.22, and $37,449.44. They even think that she accessed the file of a relative, including the person's tax information, which violates a federal policy. You can't just go on the county no. things. But I have noticed recently that the county's hiring anybody. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they're doing a background check, but you don't you used to have to have a degree in certain education and things to work for the county. Oh, but I didn't know that. But recently it's just you got a high school diploma, I guess. You can work at child support and I I They also don't pay shit. Right, no. <laughs> I think that the reason why is just because the demand in people that the people are needed to to work, and a mm-hmm. lot of people are deciding that if working in a traditional job setting isn't their thing. It's not really something that people are pursuing anymore, and right. especially people aren't going to higher level of education anymore either i i find that a lot of people don't really do that it's not as yeah not not a lot of people can afford it right plus we all went and it didn't do us any good exactly yeah so it and with all these non-traditional jobs that people have nowadays they don't necessarily require a a higher degree or anything like that so right I sit next to somebody that likes to remind me that uh, she has two masters and she <laughs> does not use them now. So I I think the whole college is a pretty big scam that a lot of people buy into. Yeah. For some, it works out, but for others, it's just uh, an unnecessary pivot in their lives. Yeah. I learned more on the job and in life than I did in college. I wouldn't say I regret going to college because I like school. Oh. I like learning new things. My face was like (laughs) half gross. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, like, uh. what do you mean? You like school. (laughs) I just like continuously learning new things so that's why I'm pulled random That makes me sound (laughs) so dumb though. I'm like, school? Learning? Gross. No, Jake is a, my husband's the same way. He's just like, I just love that I just keep learning things, and I'm just like, <laughs> yep, that's how I am. I'm a nerd. Oh man, <laughs> no, I envy you. But yeah, I'm all for hiring people without, mm. you know, a college education. But yeah, because people are capable of learning and being taught and yeah. trained properly. So it just the it's finding the right fit is i think the biggest thing yeah and maybe we should have like some checks and balances on these child support lien releases how come one child support worker could just go in and be like you're free yeah there that should not have been something that shouldn't a supervisor have to double check yeah valid point this went on for over a year yeah unchecked I, i wonder did it say why or how she got caught? Um, I think there was an audit. Oh, gotcha. As okay. there always is in the county. Mm-hmm. If you work for the county and you're thinking of doing a scam, let me tell you. They do a lot of audits. Mm-hmm. An internal county audit. 
I would also think, I know people who receive child support, you have a child support account, you can see when your balance changes. If I'm a mom and I'm owed $37,000 and I go on my child support account and it says I'm now owed $0, yeah. call on child support to yes. see where my money's at. Because yeah. that should mean there's $37,000 on the way to me. Yes, exactly. Like, why were there no phone calls made? or? So I'm wondering if somebody called right. and that oh. triggered them to do a complete But that audit. took so long. Like, why? I would have been, like, ringing all the bells. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess at the same time, if you're owed $37,000, you're not looking at your child support account because you never get any money. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. It does. Pay your child support. Please, pay for Don't your babies. Don't work for the county and do scams. If you can't pay for the babies, wear a condom, please. Yeah. If your job doesn't pay you enough, get a new job. Don't Yeah. take $50 cash apps and go to prison. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was probably fun while it lasted for her. It was fun for me to read about. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. <laughs> you have any interesting stories today? Mm, no, I don't. I um, kind of was super slammed at work and in life, so I was just not <clears throat> coming across anything or going out there and trying to find a, a little tidbit for the beginning, so I just got my story. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I haven't looked at the news besides for you know like doing our research yeah in a long time yeah me too it's like a cleanse right now that i'm like not intentionally doing but kind of doing purposefully if that makes sense yeah like i'm really not trying not to go and look at the news but it's really really nice not looking at it it is it really is Oh, I know one thing I wanted to say. Okay. So one of them, <laughs> I told you this in a message, but I thought it was funny. One of my friends said, is that you on the All The Sins podcast? Oh, yeah. And I was that like, was great. yeah, <laughs> me and my friend Mims. And she's like, you guys are so crazy. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't know that already? Right. She's like, no. <laughs> no, I didn't know you were that crazy. Can you just say anything? Like, yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And we are proud, and we are in charge here. Yes. So it's buckle up. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I'm glad people enjoy this. Yeah. At least she wasn't like, man, you're terrible. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that being an option. Right. right. No, <laughs> I just assume we're amazing. That's not an option. Besides to our one hater. Right, yeah. That was the episode she was listening to last, and she said she was cracking up. She was, like, had her headphones in while she was cleaning, and her husband was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Mind your business right now. Yeah. Oh, man. So. I think it's your turn. Okay. Today, I am going to discuss the 1978 unsolved murder of Don Schnetzer. Okay. I love unsolved murders. They really just freak <laughs> me out. <laughs> Do they freak you out? They freak me out because I think to myself, it could be me. And I, I could be unsolved. And that's horrifying. And that's really saddening. And I just, I hate that people just don't know what happens to other people. That is like in the most scary, traumatic, awful mm-hmm. way. That just it freaks me out. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. <sighs> 
That reminds me of one more random thing before we start. Yeah. The other day I was home alone. Like all my kids had left for school and I went home to take a shower and get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone cough. And mm. I didn't know if they were too close to my house that I could hear them cough. But that night I had to take a shower with my gun on the bathroom sink. Yeah. Like, I was looking around. I didn't see anybody, but I clearly heard them cough. So they were way too close to my house. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. And then I came to work so paranoid because nobody else was here either. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm, that's probably because I'm obsessed with unsolved murder cases. Probably. Like, I steer clear from those. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it just makes me so sad. I'm very scared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess um, I, we're here to scare me today. So let's just. We're here to scare you today. Let's just, just go into just it. Just wait. Oh, God. Okay. So my sources today are the postcrescent.com, Web Sleuths, Calumet County Crime Stoppers page on Facebook. All right, so let's get into it. So on September 15th, 1978, 17-year-old Don Schnetzer went to work at the Hortonville Manufacturing Company, which at that time was commonly referred to as the Toy Factory. Okay. Do you know if that's still there? Mm -mm. I'm asking you, like, I shouldn't have looked it up myself. Well, I think it's a good (laughs) assumption that I probably would know since I'm very... uh, close to the area so yeah it's a good question and she worked there as a toy painter after work she went out to a tavern in hortonville oh god which one i do not know oh damn yeah they just said a tavern in hortonville Hmm. and i know that seems odd in today's world because i saw a lot of comments like on reddit and websites like well why was she at a tavern but back then the drinking age was only 18 so a 17-year-old oh, being there wasn't really a big thing. Right. It's yeah. pretty common. And I feel like... Wait, which year was this? 78. Okay. I feel like they almost were probably so... And in Wisconsin, it's, like, not... Probably back then, not a huge deal. Yeah, I don't... I don't imagine that people were just, like, regularly getting carded in 1978. I don't... I, I think can't you showed that. up and you got a drink. Right. It's you like have money. You have a quarter. You get a beer. You you drove here? All right. That's good enough. That's true. She didn't drive, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, she went out to this tavern in Hortonville, and then that night, she received a ride back to Menasha with a man on a motorcycle. He dropped her off near where she was going to be staying with a friend in the 600 block of Broad Street. Mm. And this was the last known time she would be seen alive. Oh, God. The next morning, her mother grew concerned that Dawn had not been home yet, and she contacted the authorities to report her missing. So this was September 15th. So the 16th, she was reported missing. On November 4th, 1978, a farmer chopping wood discovered a body propped up against a log approximately eight miles from where Don Schnetzer was last seen. It would be determined later that this was Don. She was located near County B, which is now called County Road BB, and Brant St. John Road, which is now called Willow Road. So County Road BB and Willow Road. This location is not far off of Highway 10 and just a few miles from Sherwood. Okay. So, like, the High Cliff area. Yes. Authorities have never said whether they believe she was murdered at the scene or if she was killed ahead of time and dragged into the woods. 
and she was located 75 to 80 feet into the woods. When she was discovered, she was completely nude except for her red and white socks. Her undergarments and t-shirt were hung from nearby trees. Her cause of death could not be determined due to the state of her body at the time she was discovered. The medical examiner narrowed it down to strangulation or having her throat cut. So I was wondering like how they determined that. Because I remember back in the day they used to assume a lot of people were strangled because their hyoid bone was missing, but it's really small, so oh. it can sometimes just get lost in the decomposition process. Oh, I didn't know that. I told you. Full random back. Yeah, and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. They they keep this information really close to the vest. Right. So like I tell, say all the time, the information that's discussed publicly about this case is minimal. Mm-hmm. Like, each news article says basically the same exact thing in a slightly different order. Like, here, this is what happened. I feel like I see that a lot, too. Like, they, it's the same thing over and over again in different articles, but they just have, like, different words, or they have mm-hmm. it in, a, like you just said, like, a different order, so... Yeah, they, like, start with the discovery and then go back to the last place you've seen at the end instead. Yeah. Did you guys do some research for this, or did we just, like, regurgitate the information from 1978? Yeah, it's probably the latter. Yeah. So we should work for a newspaper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We should start our own newspaper. (laughs) I mean, why not? We could do anything, really. It would be fantastic. (laughs) So, in 2013, the authorities came forward and said they wanted to identify a person who could have been wearing a flannel shirt that was found near Dawn's body. So, literally anybody in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, Sheriff Weigert, so he wasn't the sheriff yet at the time, but he got to be sheriff in 2013 or 14. He's still the sheriff right now. Okay. Wow. He said that the shirt had been sent for DNA testing, and he wanted to know if the owner had any knowledge of Dawn's murder. When the evidence came out, authorities said they are still working on this case weekly, still interviewing possible suspects and witnesses, and still crossing people off of their list. Now, here's my thing. I don't think many people are going to remember what they were wearing in 1978. No, what? Or what their friends were wearing. No, absolutely not. And possibly stopped wearing. Right. Do you know someone that always wore a flannel shirt and now they don't have their flannel shirt 35 fucking years ago? Yeah, no. I'd be like, what? No, what I wore. You're coming over here telling, asking me this? Yeah. I'd be upset. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, yeah, I remember Joe used to wear that flannel every day. Then Don went missing. No, he doesn't have a flannel anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not how that works. Especially if it was a man and you're expecting another man to remember what the man was. Yeah, you're coming to the wrong person. Yeah. So I think, I know the police have to keep things quiet and whatever. That's their prerogative. I can't tell them how to do their jobs, even though I like to. Right, yeah. It's never stopped you. (laughs) It's never stopped me, but it's not my job. But I think if they would have said... 35 years ago when it happened like we found this flannel shirt do you recognize it did you see somebody with dawn wearing this shirt that makes a lot more sense than asking people 35 years later do you remember maybe somebody wearing a flannel and maybe they threw it out i don't know could you remember that yeah i think the only thing i can think of is that they were like 
we're going to do this dramatic reveal of the shirt and say DNA at the same time, and the killer is going to freak out. Yeah, I mean, that's a really slow burn. (laughs) (laughs) 35 years later. Yeah, it's like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, but we're going to only talk about it on the local news. Who knows if the killer still lives in the area, if he did live in the area. That's not the power play that you should have went with. No, and I can't really blame, like, Sheriff Weigert if he's listening. We don't hate you. (laughs) They're (laughs) always listening. It's not your fault. No. Because you were not the sheriff 35 years ago. Yeah. But whoever was, I have questions. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just assume everybody's listening to Pope. Yeah, you're the Pope last week. They're all fucking tuning in. They could be. They might someday. Yeah, who knows? There was um, a podcast up in Banished where the killer was listening no. to the podcast. He was participating no. in the discussion groups. No. He joined the podcast group. He was on the forums. He was on the message boards. He was all, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. And why are you that stupid? It, it happened. Oh, my God. Did, so they caught him? Yes. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, but he was in there being creepy. That's not how he got caught, but they found out afterwards oh my God. that he had been. Oh, could you imagine? You're just going, like, back and forth with somebody that's done something so horrific in real time. Mm-hmm. No, no thank you. Yeah. Well. So, sometimes they are listening. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> my, my job today is to scare you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, back to the case. Okay. To me, if the killer did dispose of the shirt, then he was worried that someone had seen him with Dawn prior to mm. her murder and that he was wearing the shirt at the time. Like, he was at the bar with her in Hortonville mm-hmm. wearing the shirt, or he, or she could have stopped at a tavern in Menasha after getting dropped off and the man was there with her and wearing the flannel. Right. Because... <clears throat> One of the other things that the public doesn't seem to know is the timeline. Like, what time she got dropped off, they say in the morning. But we don't know if it's 1 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning. Right, yeah. That leaves a lot to think about and wonder what happened. Yeah. And, yeah, so we don't know if bars were still open or reopened. Right, right. Or maybe like she where was, she was in between because maybe she went and had a, a fun night, mm-hmm. met a person, mm-hmm. and the person was bringing her home. Yep. Or somebody else brought her home after she was with the person. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. No. I'm sure the police do. They have thousands of pages of documents, but they are just holy shit. They don't want me to see them. Apparently, well, I haven't asked them. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so funny just watching you. Can I just have all your documents, please? You can do that. You can file a Freedom of Information Act, and you can ask them for their documents. But since it's an open case, they don't technically have to show you. But yeah. Like if I was gonna do a whole like series on Dawn, yeah, I could fight to see the documents. Interesting. That, yeah, some people do that. Yeah. We don't do that. We have a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. We gotta just... We're plowing through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's because nobody talks about Wisconsin besides Dahmer. So we we gotta... 
we got a lot to get to we do and i think any information like any publicity on a case that is unsolved or a person is missing anytime somebody talks about it that's a chance that somebody else will bring it back to light yes you're right and you just never know what could get triggered by it yeah i wouldn't want to just focus on one thing because there is thousands of them unfortunately in wisconsin yeah which I keep finding more of. You're going to hear me clearing my throat for a lot of this, so I apologize. I'm just putting it out there that <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm drinking water, so... It's kind of dry. Yeah. I just, like, every other second, they're going to hear... <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like, what is happening? So, let's talk about suspects. Okay. Immediately, I would imagine most people would question the last person to see her. Yes. The man on the motorcycle who gave her a ride. Yeah. And it appears that the police did do their diligence at the time of her disappearance and conducted a polygraph exam. How do you feel about polygraph exams? Uh, not good, because I feel like if I was had, I had to do one, I am a natural heavy sweater. Mm. I sweat profusely through my hands and everywhere else basically i uh i'm very anxious like anything really triggers me yeah i'm like basically i'm like a chihuahua <laughs> like constantly that's why i like it so <laughs> right <laughs> just like constantly in fear just like and then you you're you're thinking that i did something terrible when let's just throw it out there i'm not going to be that person but right. you think i am and i'm like that also is shaking me because i'm like how could you believe this that's true so i i have a strong feeling that i would fail and then they're gonna be like see we knew that you're lying you're a terrible person and then it's a whole thing and then i'm it's sitting in prison for fucking 25 years yeah and that does happen right that's crazy i think i would pass even if i did it <laughs> Yeah, you're very calm and, like, collected. I'd be like, what do you want? I have a podcast to record. I gotta get out of here. I'm going to talk about you on my podcast. Are you going to listen? My God. Yeah, no, I would be polar opposite of that. Yeah. I don't like polygraphs because I think that, like you said, some people will fail mm-hmm. and they didn't do anything and other people will pass and yes they did do something right and there's no way to really know no not really i think it's a useful tool in getting people to confess if they did do something yeah like, but it also causes false confessions it's a whole thing right i seen it on i think it's called a uh, american murder or something like that uh, and it's that guy who killed his wife and uh, okay if you haven't seen it yet it's been out for like I don't know how many how long but it's mm-hmm. been out for a while so this is gonna be a spoiler so he kills his wife and his two daughters and he takes a polygraph test and then they're they're like yeah you, you failed it you failed it and we're we know that you failed it and you know that you failed it and he's like I did so it's <laughs> <laughs> but that basically got him to like talk about how he did what he did and i'm like that's a tactic right there it is because you don't even have to have people hooked up to a lie detector or you can have them hooked up to anything hook them up to the computer and be like you failed <laughs> right and i'm like i did <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i think that happens yeah for sure but i don't know yeah it's a it's a iffy thing mm-hmm. and so 
That doesn't mean I think the motorcycle guy did it, though. He was fully cooperative and didn't appear to ever be a suspect in the case. I would like to think that it wasn't him. Yeah. I don't feel like it was him. No. Like, he's giving her a ride. He's a motorcycle guy. Like, a lot of them dudes are really nice. Yeah. Despite their gruff exterior. Right. Yeah. I don't think it was him. I'm sure the authorities are concerned with my feelings about the situation, but (laughs) I don't think it was him. Right. So then I have a couple other scenarios, which is someone was waiting for her to arrive home and knew she was staying with a friend that day, which is the creepiest to me. Yeah, it does happen. It does. People do like to watch people Mm -hmm. and snatch people. Otherwise, she was a victim of opportunity. Like, she... She was spotted, and then it just happened. Yeah. Right. She was spotted. That's also why I kind of want to know what time of day it was. Like, right. Like, is this 9 o'clock in the morning that we're kidnapping people? Because that's, that's a different horrifying. kind of person. Yeah, that's, that's a person that just does not give a fuck. Yeah, and that's really scary. Like, morning time kidnapping? Sign me up. Really? Like, that, you're not safe to go outside no. in the morning. Okay, let's just... <clears throat> make it clear that you're not safe at any moment at anywhere <laughs> you're just not safe <laughs> and i'm just terrified <laughs> oh man if people didn't have anxiety before they listened <laughs> i love that fucking review that we got it's like a little anxiety inducing and i'm like how do you think we feel <laughs> oh man this is a fact yeah so I hope nobody was stalking her, but being a victim of opportunity is also scary. Yeah. I guess there's no good scenario where you're a victim. No. No. So, to me, one thing that did make sense was this disappearance being so close to her intended location without anyone noticing anything reminded me of the Lori Deppist case. Mm-hmm. She got dropped off in the... Or she drove into the parking lot and then just vanished. Right. So, it sounded kind of like that to me. In that same area, too. Menasha. Yeah. Yep. It was some years apart, but, you know, serial killers don't stop. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that makes people think that it could have been Larry Dwayne Hall, because people still believe he killed Lori Deppis. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did. Right. But he did confess at one point, and people keep going with that confession, even though the police couldn't find anything to tie him to it, and he could never tell them where her body was or any of that stuff but i couldn't figure out where he was in 1978 there's a map that somebody compiled of all of his murders wow mm-hmm. web sleuth does the most so i don't know i've never been on i thought web sleuths was just like a name that was given to these people i didn't know that i was actually like a website so that i'm learning so many things today yeah there's oh whole thing web sleuths and then people like go over facts and they share where they got their information from and yeah they create maps of the murders and this killer was in this location at this time and i think they have different people on there have helped solve yes you're right it's um the only reason why i knew what web sleuths were were was because of don't fuck with cats Mm, yep. And they, like, basically broke the whole case wide open. Yeah. Just by, like, being on their laptop and doing some the damn work, really. Yep. And because the people come from all different places, yeah. 
they might have heard about something yeah. that you know the authorities might not know because they're not from that area and if yeah. it was a local case they might not have heard about it especially if it was a long time ago right yeah so yeah they create interesting connections yeah stuff on there yeah yeah i love it mm-hmm. so that map doesn't begin until his first known homicide in 1981 though so i don't know where he was in 1978 yeah and i don't know if he had if 1981 was his first crime or Ugh. yeah we don't know nobody knows mm-hmm then there's a theory that I think is pretty outlandish, but it makes sense to some people. Okay. They believe there may be a connection between the murder of Dawn and the murder of Teresa Hallbeck from the Stephen Avery case. Oh. Because the location of Dawn was <clears throat> where she was found is approximately a mile and a half from Teresa Hallbeck's mother's house. Oh, I think that's a stretch. Yeah, but the murders are 27 years apart. Yeah, that's a bigger stretch. So if there was just, like, a serial killer in the area, he had to have killed more than these two people in 27 years. In 27 years. years. Yeah. No. No. Nope. Yep. I wasn't buying that one either. (laughs) Like, nope. So, in this case, there's a lot of questions that have not been answered, at least for the public. Was Dawn killed right when she was taken? Was she held for some period of time? Some people do believe she was held for a period of time prior to her murder. And these people, some of these people who believe that, compare Dawn's murder to the murder of Cynthia Jane Allen, who was a 17-year-old who was murdered in Marinette in 1972. So on July 11th, 1972, Cynthia Jane Allen had attended a dance at Marinette Catholic Central High School, which is now known as St. Thomas Aquinas Academy High School. I don't know why these names are so long. Yeah. Sometime during or after the dance, she had decided to walk and headed south on Main Street. It's not clear if she was alone or if she was with other people. People presume she was headed towards her house, which would have been about a 30-minute walk, according to Google. And that was the last time she was seen alive. Okay. Cynthia's body would be found on July 1st, 1972, in a wooded area off the edge of a field... (coughs) about 15 yards off the roadway in the town of Grover. When Cynthia's body was found, authorities said she had only been there for a few days, which would have mean she was held for approximately 17 days before she was murdered and then found. My God. Like Dawn, the police did not release whether they thought she was murdered at the scene or she had been relocated to the location where she was found. Reports also indicate that her jacket and possibly some other clothing items were hanging from the nearby trees. And this is what alerted the people that found her. So it sounds like somebody was out raccoon hunting, and they saw a jacket hanging from the trees, so they went to investigate, and they found her under some branches. Jeez. So, and then, and then reports vary on her state of undress. They don't say which clothes she had on or didn't. And her cause of death was reportedly a stabbing. The reports vary on if the police ever released how many times it was, but it sounds like the fatal stab wound was between her left shoulder and neck. So that case does sound similar to me. It does, yeah. It's six years apart, and it's not... Marinette County and Calumet County are a little ways apart, but it does sound similar. Yeah. So it's possible. Mm Mm-hmm. 
as I was looking into possible connections to this case, I just kept finding more. Like, I found this case, and then I found more. Yeah. And more. Yeah. And more. Oh and I was God. like, how many young women were murdered around, like, in the 70s? Because there was an article, like, this, we're trying to see if this case is connected to these two unsolved murders in Green Bay and this other unsolved murder in Menominee. And it was just, like, more and more and more. Yeah. So I, I hate that. Yeah, me too. And what's the craziest thing to me is... People act like the 70s are so safe. Back mm-hmm. in my day, it was so safe. The right. children could roam the streets and hitchhike. No, they were getting no. killed every day. You just didn't care. Right. They're getting snatched. They were not coming back. They were getting killed. They were getting raped. It's not. It wasn't a different time. People were still fucked up back then yeah. as they are now. Yeah, everybody was just in denial. Yeah, I just think that <clears throat> they didn't have awareness. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Now it's like the news will be like, murder, 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 mm-hmm. murder. So you know what's going on. Back right. then they're just like. That doesn't happen here, but it's happening here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to look into some of these more cases. I don't want to tell you like 10 different murder stories in one day. You know, I could have sat here. <laughs> As I went uh, down rabbit hole after <laughs> rabbit hole. Right. My research kept getting, like, deeper and deeper, and I'm, like, I'm trying to finish. I'm, like, what? But there's this, and then there's this, and I'm, like, okay, I'm not going to tell all of these stories today because it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them have people convicted eventually, and I don't know if they really did. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it it is almost more appropriate to have more time dedicated to these individually. Yeah, there's there's a lot of women that have been murdered, and they're going to need more than, like, a, a five-second snippet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So, I'm hoping that somebody will listen to this and remember something. Yes. Do you remember your friend throwing away his flannel shirt in nineteen? Was it his favorite flannel, and all of a sudden Greg didn't want it anymore, and then you thought that was a little bit weird? Mm-hmm. Where's your flannel? Right. Greg, where is it? Mm-hmm. What if Dawn was wearing the flannel because she wore it home from her boyfriend's house? Hmm. Or whoever she hooked up with at the bar. Jeez, yeah. If she know. hooked up. I'm not saying she did. Yeah, I mean. She could have just slept over at a friend's house and yeah. grabbed a shirt to leave because it was cold in the morning. Right. Yeah. Could have happened. Anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. If anybody does have any information, you should contact the Calumet County Sheriff's Office, the Menasha Police Department, or Calumet County Crime Stoppers. And that's it for me. Good job. Thank you. I like that I got like a twofer. It's like a $2 <laughs> special today. I know. I had to include <coughs> the information from that one because it was so similar. Some of the other ones were, they're also stabbing victims, but... They didn't have as many similarities as this one. Well, you did a great job. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. So as you may know, this is Black History Motherfucking Month. Yes. And I am starting this story or this uh, month off with the case of Althea Bernstein. Are you familiar? I know you're familiar. I don't think I am. I think you are. You think I am? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it and I know you're gonna be like, aha, I know. Okay. 
So my sources are from USA Today, EssenceChange.org, The New York Post, NBC News, WKOW, ADL, Heavy.com, and, weirdly enough, Cosmopolitan. Well, that's interesting. Yes. So I guess you probably should know if it's that famous. Yeah, and it was pretty recent, 2020, so I know that you you know the story. I know a lot of facts about things and not names. Like, names mm. don't click in my head with the story. I gotcha. can tell you, like, the details of every murder, but not who was involved. Okay. So, this story is about Althea Bernstein, an 18-year-old African-American and Jewish young woman living in Madison, Wisconsin, our state capital. Uh, She was an active emergency medical technician and also studying to be a paramedic and firefighter. Oh, yeah, I do know. Yes. I was like, I know she's going to know. So just a badass young lady. She has a big circle of friends and family and is well-liked in her community. However, on June 24th, 2020, at 1 a.m., Althea went to her local police station and reported that she had just gone through something unimaginable. She told investigators that she had been attacked and targeted by four white men while she was stopped at a red light in downtown Madison. She was driving to her brother's home, and she stated that While sitting in her car, minding her own business, um, the men in a truck next to her started yelling out racially offensive slurs at her. So then she instinctively turned her head to see who was saying this stuff to her. And then that is when they escalated the racism by spraying her with a spray bottle filled with lighter fluid through her open car window. And then they ignited it by throwing a lighter, to which led to her being uh, burned alive, essentially. She managed to escape the scene. She barreled through the red light and kept driving until she reached her brother's home, uh, crediting her ability to flee the men as being in a state of shock. She stated, I know what shock is based on the textbook. It's so incapacitating. You don't even realize what's going on. My brain still got me home, and my brain still got me to call my mom. I just remember my face was bleeding. So she ended up going to the emergency room to seek treatment for the burn she endured, and she was even able to provide a description of the men from what she could remember. She stated that two of the men were that were involved were wearing jeans and a floral shirt, and that they looked like classic Wisconsin frat boys, adding that the other two were wearing all black and all of them appeared to be intoxicated. So I'm going to remind you guys that this is the night that the um, state capitol protesting was going on. Mm-hmm. So this was around that time. Everybody was amped up. Everybody was on one side or the other yeah. and everybody was in a just amplified state of mind yeah it was a really scary time mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. with everything that was going on in yeah. america and wisconsin was really heated yes yeah 
I was scared to let my kids go anywhere. Yeah. People that don't know, I have six black children, yes. mixed black children. Yeah. And yeah, I was scared for them a lot of times because although we live in a pretty good community, there mm. was a lot of racism going on even here. Mm-hmm. There is racism. Yeah. There is. Whether people like to believe it or not. I mean, I still hear the N-word. I still yeah. hear, why are they here? I still hear mm-hmm. all these awful, awful things. Yeah. Not just reading it online, I hear it. Yes. So, My racism. talk about it coming home from school it's awful. all the time. That's awful. That can make me cry. Mm-hmm. So, the investigators at that time did not say whether the attack on a th- Althea was linked to the protests or outside factors. Investigators did look into the similarities of members of the far-right movement known as the Boogaloo. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Who are known for wearing Hawaiian shirts. So, for those of you who don't know, the Boogaloo movement is an anti-government extremist movement that formed in 2019. In 2020, Boogalooers increasingly <laughs> engaged in real-world activities as well as online activities. They have showed up to protests and rallies around gun rights, pa- pandemic restrictions, and police-related killings. The term boogaloo is a slang reference to a future civil war, a concept boogalooers anticipate and embrace. The ideology of the Boogaloo movement is still developing, but is primarily anti-government, anti-authority, and anti-police in nature. So, most Boogalooers are not white supremacists, though one can find white supremacists within the movement. So, it's not like they are all racist fucks, but you, I mean, anywhere you can find a racist fuck. So, that's basically what it meant. Right, and the weird thing, I remember they were in Minneapolis at the protests, and they were doing things that were getting blamed on Black Lives Matter, but it was the it was Boogaloos them. that were doing it. Okay. So, people didn't believe it because they were white. Right. It's mostly white people, right? I believe so, yeah. But, they, but they're not racist. And, uh, they claim that they have no racial stance, hmm. so. They just hate the government. Yeah, basically... I mean, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, boogalooers. <laughs> um, so, however, no connection was ever made between this incident and the boogalooers. I, I hate that I've said that like 15 times. I can't it's take it really seriously. It's really a fun word. Boogalooers. Okay, if you want to be a hate organization, can you make your names more serious? Like, they had the Proud Boys. Oh, yeah. Which, to me, just I get- evoked images of gay men. Oh, I yeah. No, and that then you the say gay that. men like hijacked the yes the Proud Boys on TikTok. I remember that, which was really fun. I love that. Like, can you guys think of like meaner names like Boogaloo? Boogaloo. I'm not scared. No, Boogaloo. It's not scary. So, this story spread like wildfire, and in a statement when the incident was reported, Madison Mayor. Satya Rhodes Conway called it a horrifying and absolutely unacceptable crime that I will not tolerate in Madison. So, let's go into the investigation, which is going to piss you off. I already know. 
Mm-hmm. Questions were raised be- because authorities never released video surveillance images of any suspects or police sketches of them, even though it was given from Althea. Uh, as the months passed, the police remained tight-lipped, proving or providing no updates on the case to the public. Althea caught the media attention and was even interviewed on Good Morning America. She sat there bravely explaining what happened with Burns' scars on the left side of her face. So she was poised. She was, you mm-hmm. know, answering questions, um, match what she gave to the police. Right. But after a while, the United States Attorney's Office, the Civil Rights Division of the United States Department of Justice, and the FBI announced that its three-month investigation into the report found insufficient evidence to pursue federal, criminal, or civil rights charges. The investigation included extensive interviews, exhaustive review of the traffic and surveillance video, and expert review of digital and forensic evidence. Federal investigators determined that there was insufficient evidence to prove that a violation of any federal criminal statute occurred. And further, after reviewing all available evidence, authorities could not establish that the attack, as alleged by the complainant, had ever occurred. So if you don't know what that means or what that basically meant is they are stating that it just did not happen. Uh, Police records released screenshots of security camera feeds of the night that Althea was attacked. The photos show her car traveling through downtown Madison where she said the attack occurred, but cameras did not capture any interactions with pedestrians or other vehicles. Police claim that there was no video footage that could support that she was stopped at a red light and that she was even attacked at all. The records also show Althea told police officers at UW Hospital a staff took a sweatshirt she was wearing that night that was contaminated by lighter fluid and threw it away. But hospital officials told police that they had no such record of the disposal. Police also stated that when they did search through Althea's car, it did not reveal burn marks, unusual smells, or smoke-related damage. Police also claimed that they were unable to find suspect matching the alleged attacker's description and footage on on 17 cameras around the area where Althea said the incident took place. But I'm like... During this time, there were so many people that were driving in from other places that were not local to Madison. So I hope that their search was broader than that. Yeah. Uh, no charge. No charges were filed due to a lack of edit- evidence and result. And unfortunately and regrettably, federal investigators and Madison police are closed well, they close the investigation into what they call an alleged hate crime. So, this is a quote. We were unable to corroborate Althea's allegations, but we are not speculating on what did and did not happen. That was mentioned by Madison Police Department, stated to reporting newspaper. Case findings were also reviewed by the United States Attorney's Office, for the Western District of Wisconsin and the United States Department of Justice Civil Rights Division, 
both independently evaluated the facts and reached the same conclusion as the Madison Police Department. And in the eyes of the Madison Police Department, they treated this case and the victim, and I'm going to do air bunnies, with dignity and respect. So, all that is whatever to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that support Althea and what she claims did happen. So, although the hospital claimed it never threw out a sweatshirt of Althea that was covered in lighter fluid on that night of the attack, Wisconsin Crime Lab results showed a shirt that Althea was wearing the night of the incident was contaminated with a substance that could be a charcoal, lighter fluid, or paint thinner, according to the records supporting her claims. Records also show messages Althea sent a friend describing the attack. Someone on State Street just tried to set me on fire, is what she texted. Another friend told police she FaceTimed Althea the night of the incident and that she looked terrified. Snapchat messages also reveal Althea was consistent in how she described the incident to all of her friends and family. She also received treatment for her injuries and follow-up care according to hospital records obtained by police. But the most supporting evidence of the incident that she has is the burns that she sustained and that it was on a certain side of the face as she indicated that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she will require regular medical appointments to remove the skin that was damaged, and she also needs plastic surgery to repair the affected areas as well. So people just don't fucking burn themselves. I'm sorry, no. but that's not what happens. No. Michael, Especially your face. Your fucking as face. As a woman. Yeah, no, that does not happen. No. Michael Johnson, president of the Boys and Girls Club of Dane County, released a statement from Althea's family that said they were saddened at what happened to Althea and the unprovoked attack on her body. At this time, our family is asking everyone to respect our privacy as Althea is recovering from the burns on her neck and face. So, in the aftermath of everything... A lot of negatives came from this case. Althea was labeled as a race war provoker and that she did this to herself to create tension between white and black people, to which I have to say there is no need for that because the tension's already there. Yeah. So you can fuck off with that. Tensions were at an all-time high already. Especially that night. So that is the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Many people did and do support Althea by believing her story, providing emotional support, and by also giving her space to heal. The backlash in turn made Althea and her family seek seclusion from social media and the news cycle as they were attacked and told that she should be in jail for giving a false police report. And what is truly sad about this case, it's it only brings out even more racism. Like, yeah. it was a racist thing that happened, and then on top of that, it just brought everything out that basically proved that racism is still alive and still out there and Mm -hmm. it's just it was really sad so posts in support of Althea have many racial slurs including the n-word and other degrading words in the comment section and after looking into this on social media myself I found and read with my own eyes the hate in this world Mm 
um it was really sad i found a couple things that i i don't really want to go into but yeah and the craziest thing is i remember when it happened that people immediately said it was a fake story yeah immediately yeah as soon as the story came out yeah like no investigation there was immediately people that were like she's faking nobody would ever do that yeah people people do that people do that yeah during this time there was a group that had started a hit list of white women that had children or marriages with black men they had an entire entire app and a list and they were going through and putting people on there from their social media accounts and talking about killing everyone so it's (laughs) these things are real yeah these things are real so I did find some of the comments. Um, I seen whites greater sign black. So yeah, um, telling her that she should burn in hell, mm-hmm. and she just got burned. And when will Jews ever learn? So she is obviously a, a black and Jewish woman. So there's probably a lot that she's been through. Yeah. Many people wonder why Althea and her family went radio silent, but to me, it's really plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, Go- a GoFundMe has been set up to assist Althea with medical bills and legal assistance, but she said her she nor her family need financial assistance at this time or at that time. Uh, she'd rather people's efforts go towards supporting black lives and show she didn't see any of that money. So for the people that say that she was doing it for money or burned herself for money, that's a fucking joke. And she had a good job. Yeah. Going to school, having a good job. So why why was that necessary? What Who would have been a payout for that? And you could have just made a GoFundMe. Girls make GoFundMes to, to get a fucking nose job. Like yeah. what? Or to like, they get stranded at march madness they need to get home yeah it's that's so dumb uh the family has retained michael johnson the ceo of the boys and girls club of dane county to represent them in the public eye and on a surprising and positive note Meghan markle and prince harry had reportedly been in touch with althea bernstein Althea's spokesperson michael johnson said Meghan markle and harry called to speak with her for about 40 minutes Michael Johnson told Channel 300 that Althea has been struggling and emotional since the hate crime took place, and Megan lifted her spirits. Mr. Johnson also said that Megan sounded almost like a seasoned high school counselor. And in a Facebook post, Johnson revealed that Megan said, My faith is greater than any fear in my heart. If there's anything you all need from me, I am here. That's really sweet. It was very sweet. So I'm going to end up with that with the consoling and supportive words of Meghan Markle. I know that she gets a lot of hate for being who she is and being married to who she is married to. And yeah, just a whole bunch with that in itself. So it seems people just love to bash people in the public without really knowing them right. and who they are as a person. Or just, just because they're there spewing hate doesn't make you happier in life telling a a celebrity on their instagram post that they look fat that day doesn't make you any happier telling her she's black doesn't tell doesn't change the fact that she's black and like doesn't make you a good person so i don't know what people try to accomplish with all this hate 
about irrelevant shit, but you're not accomplishing anything. Yeah. If anything, you're damaging yourself. You look like a terrible person. You're Mm -hmm. damaging your reputation. And you're poisoning yourself with hate. Yeah. Did you ever notice it's always uneducated people that think they're superior? Yeah. I'm superior than these other races and women and everyone. I'm superior than everyone. But she, like, went to eighth grade. Right. And you have, like, seven fucking kids that you've never taken care of or you don't know how and you barely know how to wipe your own fucking ass. So it's like, don't come for me just because I'm colored. Right. Who cares? If that's all you got, then I feel very sorry for you. Yes. It blows my mind that people are still racist today. I know. I'm like, can we just drop this? Isn't this fucking... Are we still doing this? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong People are still doing this. And I'm like, by the end... I'm I'm guessing by the end of times, whenever this whole world decides to shut down, we're going to be so far from white. Any any person's going to be so far from white because we're going to be so mixed with Mm. every fucking race and culture. It's just going to be a a big blend of anything that it's not even going to matter. Right. Yeah, I wish it didn't matter now. I hate when my kids will say things that they don't really have a problem because um, they've got my personality. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, that doesn't mean they've never heard racist comments before. They have. But some of their friends have just heard the most horrible things said to them. Like, Mexican students getting asked, like, are you even supposed to be here? Yeah. What is wrong with you guys? And what are your parents saying at home? That happened to me one time, and it was in a public setting. I was at my friend's, I think it was like just a house party. And this was recent. This was maybe like two years ago. And it was a friend, a close friend of my friend. So that Mm -hmm. was, so this guy was very drunk. And he's like, Well, you have a green card. And I'm like, What, motherfucker? Like, I was born here. I've been living here. Do you have a green card? Right. Like, you can't just go around saying things like that, but it, it, it is fucking sad. Yeah, but people do. And mm-hmm. it's usually a bro. Yeah. Yeah. Just a stupid, intoxicated person that doesn't know what they're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I my heart goes out to all those people that are said things that shouldn't be said that just put up with it because it's better to keep your mouth shut than to go into things yeah it's if i'm there i will punch people (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'd love to see that i am not the one to say the things in front of i am not the one either i'm not the one no so um with black history month i i do want to like shout out a black owned you know small business in the area just to support every episode for this month um so this one i want to do the um cozy corner if you haven't been cozy corner is a black owned small business with amazing food Uh, if you like soul food they are the plug they are so good chicken and waffles them, their <laughs> mac and cheese is amazing um i don't know the owner's name so i apologize but i know that any support you know liking their facebook page going there to eat you won't be disappointed 
Yeah, we have a lot of black-owned businesses in the area, mm-hmm. and we shall be supporting them. Yes, so shout out to the Cozy Corner for being amazing and for providing a great meal to people. Awesome. And that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me, too. We love you if you're white, straight, Mexican, black, gay, purple. Yeah, we do not care about your gender, sexual orientation, race. No. You could be... As long as you're a kind human. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah, I don't care about anything else. You could have literally anything going on with your life and just be kind. Yeah. And we'll love you. Yep. Okay. Take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.